0: That's joinMIDI.com. Hey guys, uh, today I'm going to talk about something that is really important to me and has really changed my life, and that is Jinkum. There's a new way for your kids to get high. They're
1: using raw sewage. I couldn't imagine doing something like that. Sounds pretty sick to me.
0: Honestly, they need to find something better to do with their life (laughs) seriously something new something stimulating something different there's a lot of people that say it's a hoax or it's not real or it's just made up or whatever now let's just get this out of the way first you know so you can laugh it all off or whatever you know you won't be laughing once you experience what i have and have your life change but um
2: it's human waste it's you know shit hey everybody what's up it's josh it's a sunday coming at to you uh early evening on a sunday uh we threw this one together we've been working on this for a couple weeks now and uh we figured why not a sunday for this one so before we get into today's episode tonight's episode uh, next Monday's episode. <laughs> I got to get a couple of plugs out of the way first. Uh, you guys saw the ad at the top of the show for Censored Live. Uh, we have a bunch of tour dates for Censored Live for the remainder of the year. So we've got the Vegas show coming up September 10th, afternoon show at West Fest. That'll be next Saturday, this coming Saturday. So 3 p.m. Saturday, September 10th. We've also got Chicago. Uh, well, I just just fucked up the surprise (laughs) thing we've got dallas september 23rd and 24th uh two shows each night uh 8 and 10 p.m and then uh october 20th our newest tour date chicago big spoiler alert uh and crypt daddy donovan will be joining us for that one so be myself anthony cumia gavin mcginnis and crypt daddy uh so get your tickets for that now over at tinyurl.com slash censored live and then of course the big end of the year wrap-up show november 10th myself gavin chrissy Mayer, gino biscante anthony cumia the big censored uh live compound media end of the year bash so you don't want to miss that one that one's going to be that one's probably going to sell out that'll be an exciting show and uh and we'll do some fun things for the veterans, I think. It's the day before Veterans Day, and we wanted to do kind of a big end of the year thank you show. So we'll we'll have some surprises for that one in store. But uh, show sales are going good. Um, there's still tickets available for every show. So you can get tickets over at tinyurl.com slash censored live and uh, come check us out on tour. My guest today, as I burped Diet Coke through the mic, uh, I met doing... Uh, my friend Mike Harlow's show uh, a week or two ago and we hit it off and he is the host of the Conservatish podcast, a regular on uh, In Hot Water with Gino Biscante. I should should remember him from that or know from that, but uh, compound media regular. Everybody loves him. Give it up for Peter Feliciano. Hey, hey, hello, doing? everybody. Not so nice, Peter. <laughs> no, is there a I love nice it. Peter? There was, yeah. Do you remember? It was back in the old days. It was like uh, those epic rap battles of
3: history. Do you remember that YouTube show from way back in the day? Kind of, kind of. Oh, oh like when it was like uh, Stephen Hawking versus, you know, um, Einstein or something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. We're, uh, you know, kicking it off here on a Sunday. How's your How's your weekend going? Do people still celebrate the weekend?
3: i'm not sure bro um i uh, <laughs> uh i i graduated from uh uh audio production school on friday
2: i know you so, make you make me feel like such a fucking loser as like people graduating from things
3: and improving their lives and yeah you know i uh, second in my class a 3.98 gpa i'm fucking nice. kicking ass that's great that's great i got the advanced achievement award um what, yeah, is that? what does that consist of? Like, it's like the, mo- the best, you know, like a uh, 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 person who exemplifies the most academic achievement, even though I didn't have the highest GPA technically, which is oh, weird. Okay.
2: Is that their way? Is that the, the school's nice way of being like, we thought you were way dumber award. Like <laughs> we thought you were way <laughs> they, dumber
3: dude. The, whoever I've never met. Cause I went to school online. It was at the beginning of pandemic that it started. It's all four years of college smushed into 28, 29 months. Um, and i know i've never met whoever the valedictorian torian was but i, I will find him and i will take his life because <laughs> i worked 3.98 he's got a you're telling me he's got a a fucking 4 fuck that shit also, lies.
2: I assume that on on in online college, on online or in online college, I don't know. I assume at online college, the valedictorian is just some computer program run by the school itself to siphon taxpayer funding and fake tuition money uh, exactly. back into the system. So that's what I'm guessing is uh is going on there. Yeah, it's bullshit. So yeah, engineer lies. You know, so now you're sort of like now you've got sort of the certifications
3: and the paperwork to be, you know, producing music and the stuff you've been doing for a long time. Yes, sir. I've been singer songwriter for a long time. Wrote hook rappers for a few years. I'm like the half Puerto Rican Nate dog Um, and then started conservatish back in 2018. Released my album my first debut album which is available everywhere Peter Feliciano um it's available uh, I, I released that and then moved to New York yeah, and then go the here the to fucking, your website oh, that you I got very gotta plug much up
2: Peterfeliciano.com. you can get albums and links to conservatish
3: and everything else there. and merch yeah all kinds of crazy things um and uh but yeah my uh, I moved to New York and then two days two days after I signed my lease the city got shut down I lost my job and it was the end of the world so I'm like I guess I'll go to school so now i've now I have certification I'm going to start working at studios in the area, hopefully producing people's music as well as my own, get a band together start kicking ass and doing that. So what
2: do you think about music these days? I've said on the show many times, and I'll see if you, if you concur, but I've said many times that I feel like a big part of why we have such a culture war right now is that this is the first generation that does not really have a musical counterculture. Like the eighties had heavy metal. The nineties had grunge. uh, The early two thousands had new metal. And then really, you know, 2010 and on, there really hasn't been any sort of countercultural music to popular music.:
3: Well, part of the problem is is that anything cool gets bastardized quickly, right? So like as an example, uh, even grunge, right? When it was grunge for a couple of years, then Macy's started coming out with torn jeans and flannels, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they want to capitalize on it.
2: Yeah So what the big fan Macys I'm a big fan of the people at Macy's. Exactly. Love Macy's. There will be no Macy's trash here. No, I'm, I'm just not, kidding. I'm, what if I was I such a what if I was so fucking gay? I was like, that's my favorite store, don't. Uh, or, no. Uh, at least it's not no. JCPenney's, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, come on now. I'm not that much of a piece of shit. Uh, I feel like Macy's, isn't it funny how we used to, you can sort of put someone in a socioeconomic group based on which department (laughs) store they go to. I'm like, I'm not a fucking pennies guy, but I am a Macy's guy. If you bloom, Bloomingdale's I look at or Nordstrom and I go, no, this is not for me.
3: Yeah. I actually only the last six months have I realized like, okay, I've got, I've got some cash. Like, let me start like dressing like an adult man. <laughs> like, <'cause for> how <laughs> oh, Are we supposed to do years, that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, this was the first time I ever bought sunglasses that were more expensive than $20. Um, Cause normally I would just go to target, you know, target like, Hey, it's something I wear it out, you know, a shirt, it's shorts, whatever it is. But after, after a little while, I'm like, I feel like I think earlier this year, I started realizing like, I feel like Dennis the menace or like a poor version of Dennis the menace. And so I, I need to I need to up my shit. And so I started doing that.
2: Yeah, it's um, funny. I, I go through these weird phases like uh, through. I remember through the pandemic, I was so down on, you know, like you're not going anywhere. So everything I was buying clothing wise as I was outgrowing everything by eating my way through my outfits. Sure. I was like, I'm just going to be a generic shirt guy, like just generic colored shirts, right? And I found this company that made nice ones. I was like, I'm just going to be this guy. So I literally have like 12 or more, like just plain colored shirts. They have a little logo on them and that's it. And then I was doing that for a while. And then I was like, I'm going to start wearing sports jerseys again. (laughs) And then I was like, I am slowly deteriorating into uh, man who wears sweatpants out to dinner, and I was like, I cannot. I gotta have something that pairs with a jean. And so, a couple episodes ago, I had the founder of this company that I discovered, like at the end of the pandemic, uh, called Dixon Clothing, and I was like, oh, they actually make like nice looking stuff that's comfortable for big dudes, and uh, and I don't have to look like a fucking child when I go out places in public. Uh, but it's you know it's one of those things of like when you when you have extra weight on you can't buy clothing uh, in the stores ever especially in los angeles like
3: if i, I fucking, go ahead, and <laughs> i so so i i recently uh, uh uh i think it was actually the day right before the day you and i uh, did that live stream with mike harlow but we did uh i had a, a celebrated a year absent from fucked up foods and, and binge eating but at one point in my life i was 315 pounds man wow uh, man. which i'm almost i'm close to 100 pounds lighter than that now that's great i get but I fucking get it. I remember going to stores and 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 being like, nope, that's it. I remember getting on, going to Great America in the Bay Area, an amusement park, and sitting in one of the rides and having to get out because I was too big. Oh wow, that fucking sucked.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, and it and it rarely ever happens, but do, like mid pandemic, for the first time in my life ever. I was on a plane and I had to get a seatbelt extender mm. and I was like, fucking kill me. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I literally looked at the, if they got, it was a male flight attendant who was next to me and I was like in the row right behind him. So I just nudged him and I go, can I get a seatbelt extender? I was in like an exit row. So the seatbelt was extra small. Uh, you know, I, sh- I say extra small. It was probably for a normal person, and I was like, "Hey man, can I get one of those extenders?" And Is it or a pistol? Whatever you have handy, right. <laughs> either one will solve my fucking problem. And then I was like, "I got to go home and lose at least as much weight as it takes to get back into normal seatbelt. And that was the only time that's happened, right? Like I'm, I'm just under. I'm like about two ninety three right now. I've lost about ten pounds in the last. Hmm you know, since that flight back then, but it's like, uh, I got, I probably got another hundred to go. And I've I turned 39 two weeks ago and I swore I will not be incredibly unhealthy going into my forties. And so I'm, I'm, I have a dead set to lose a hundred pounds before I turn 40. And so that will put me at about, you know, if I get, I'm gonna shoot for 190, but if I end up at 205 or 210, then I, you know, that's still better than the lowest I've weighed in the last 15 years of my life. Was right before I met my girlfriend, I was about 217, 218, and that's the lightest I've been uh, in my adult life. Right, and, and I'm and, six feet tall, so that's like right. That's like no, i one, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm six one. I remember uh, getting on the plane. I just got back from Florida, and getting on the plane, there was this Tongan looking motherfucker. I'm like, please, please don't sit <laughs> next to me. Please. By the way, if you work for American Airlines, I hate you. Die. Oh, okay, um, there you go, American. I, that was the fucking where I I flew it twice, and it was like. Oh, we, we cleaned extra because COVID. I'm like, there's fucking crumbs on my seat. What the fuck are you talking about? You cleaned extra. Yeah. No, you didn't. Just tell yeah. me to my face that you hate me. That's all I yeah. want. Don't tell me it's extra special because we care so much. And then, you know, treat it, treat me like I'm a fucking greyhound ticket buyer. Um but anyway, one one rant at a time. What I was going to say, <laughs> I is- fly
2: Southwest. That people, that's like the J C Penneys of the sky.
3: Yeah. And it
2: is. I, I, but but here's what I like about Southwest. I remember I, I argued with Burt Kreischer about this in the Burbank Airport one morning. But he was like, you should be flying on something where you can rack up points and get status and have first class and everything. And I was like, I fly to Burbank. There are no first class seats out of the Burbank Airport on any of those planes. I go, if there are, it's like one, and you have to sit on the captain's lap. But I go, uh, I go. Every flight I fly on Southwest, unless it's a total sellout, is first class. And here's how I do it: I get, pr- I get the early boarding access, and I sit on a window, and then I find the biggest, fattest black woman on the flight, and I invite her to sit on the aisle next to me because not everyone is sizist and not everyone is racist, but everyone is one of those two things. And yeah. so if there is a flight or if there is an open seat anywhere on that flight, it will be between me and Chiquiqua. I just to solve flying for all of you in America. You're
3: welcome. And the other thing is, don't, this is the thing about the, 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 the fat shaming thing. Listen, as, as a guy, I understand. Like, I fucking understand. At one point in my life, at times in my life, I've wanted to kill myself over that shit. Okay. I fucking get it. But there's a difference between self love and self acceptance to the point of blindness. And like, if I actually loved myself, if I actually accepted myself, I would treat my body well. Okay. Yes. Don't protect me from my consequences. Don't tell me that I'm healthy just so I don't feel insecure. I'm insecure sometimes for a reason, sometimes not, but sometimes for a reason, maybe my body, my spirit is telling me you're not taking care of yourself change. You know? Yeah. I don't think that works either, by the way, because I can
2: tell you they can put they can put Lizzo on as many fucking uh you know magazine covers as they want. They can put her on billboards or whatever. She knows deep down that
3: she's fat and disgusting. All right, and, and even and- black guys are taking a. <laughs>
2: All right. yes yeah there are a lot of. I mean yeah yeah even somebody as disgusting as Aries Spears was like hey girl get your shit together oh. and I was like dude you, you somehow somehow you found out this is what's insane about Aries Spears somehow he found a way to be the darkest black man on the planet and still have darker circles around his eyes explain that to me that's like a hat on a hat <laughs> this, it's, I it's, haven't seen him it's coon eyes on a coon, and no that's, right. that's horrible, but it's just like I was looking at pictures of this dude this weekend because of his whole controversy that's uh, going off on Twitter this weekend, and I was like, How does this black man's eyes have even darker circles around them it He literally looks like a chimney sweep out of Mary
3: Poppins, yeah, but they don't crank, I have to say they, they, <laughs> yeah, really,
2: just, they don't. They just I, I, really, really age yeah. color wise. Yeah. Yeah. They just get <laughs> like like a great. It doesn't f- crack, <laughs> but it it rusts like a motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. And even when somebody that busted is like what the fuck Lizzo it's and you know what's funny is she shouldn't get like what I tell people all the time is like no 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 shame me it doesn't work enough so you got to keep doing it more like I, I hope someday that I will be fat shamed in such a way that I turn into a guy who works out three hours a day instead of takes naps and becomes a Chris Hemsworth because I'm so insecure I wish I cared more about my physical appearance instead the only things that really trigger me to want to fix my health is the inconveniences of being fat. So, like if I can't yes. wear clothes yes. or I can't fit in seats to go places, right. then I'll lose weight.
0: Or um, it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. That's
4: JoinMIDI.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Or the physical feeling of like, oh, I'm out of breath going upstairs or something like that's right. not okay. I need to be in better shape. Right. Then, I'll, then I'll work at my fitness. I wish I had the, the insecurity around my physical appearance to the point where that was enough of a motivator. Like, I wish I gave a fuck about how I looked to that degree, but it's never it's like it's kind of weird, but it's like it's never been that big of a differentiator. Like, but women have either found me attractive or not found me attractive. It has nothing to do with how fat I've been at different points in my lifetime.
3: Does that make sense? It does. I will add this, though. And there is something to be said for I know it's trite, but the old confidence factor Right. So even though some some guys uh, uh, and I hated hearing this for fucking years, I hated hearing that, that like girls don't really care about your appearance. They just care about confidence. Well, fucking if I lose weight, will I have more confidence? Yes. Well, then, Pete, there you go. You know what I mean? Um, But I think people get they get they get confused. They try to keep the door so wide open for the 15 pound overweight that they say. 300 pound overweight is fine it's the same thing with fucking uh, abortion they want to keep the door so wide open for a bitch who you know uh, who wants to take the morning after pill that they say yep kill them even after they come out of the womb
2: yeah well that's i mean that whole thing is about uh that's really just about women wanting the ultimate final say you know it's mm. it's not about anybody because that's what's crazy is even those women who are like pro pro uh choice like severely pro, even ones who say they're they're pro-choice with limitations. If you really press any woman who considers herself pro-choice, uh, at the end of the day, you go, "Okay, when is it not a child?" Their answer will always be, "Whenever the fuck I say it is." You know what I mean? Like, so most women who have that perspective, it's entirely about their own convenience. It has nothing to do with some sense of right or wrong. And if you if you really examine that. Most of the women who are pro-choice live their lives in a way where mo- there is no moral code other than what's easier for them, what's convenient for them, and what gets them their way. I mean, but they're really like that.
3: But why is that if you scratch that is insecurity. What if you scratch somebody trying to grab for power is usually cause they feel powerless. Now my yeah, thing is is they not are. because <laughs> right. But not because this, oh, they're women. this is where I'm trying to uh, so they're dumb. But uh, the the differentiation is not that they are powerless, but that they feel powerless. There's a difference there. Their perception is that I feel powerless in my life, whether it be around, you know, my daddy who touched my butthole when I was young or whatever stuff, uh, 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 men, whatever. I feel powerless. So I'm going to grab for it wherever I can. And I'm going to use these black women to, yeah, have you ever noticed that thing? Shout your abortion. That's it's never a black bitch. It's always a white motherfucker. It's always a, a white motherfucker because black girls, even though they get, abortions at higher rates uh, <laughs> even though they get abortions at higher rates they're not you mean they cost them abortions? it cost them more money there's inflation
2: in the black communities
3: for well, abortions well yeah and also they go to the macy's uh, the jc penny equivalent you oh know, they mean,
2: go yeah. to the penny's abortions where they they're go like, to I got
3: to bring a friend cuz it's a bogo
2: right oh. that's, that's why they do more is because the discount happens if you get them in bulk that's the so they just there's a punch like, card involved it's like costco it's like they don't want to buy 30 pat 30 chicken breasts but you know they have to right right
3: <laughs> so so ultimately it's like either either take care of that insecurity or or don't but i remember having a, a, a um a deep conversation about it where A woman who who is who is very liberal had a conversation with me and we talked about it and you know this is why i love my fucking you know my show and 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 a lot of other you know whatever the idea that i use identity politics to try to kill identity politics right love like when black when george floyd when george floyd died Um, uh, I, you know, everyone, "Eh, white people need to shut up, just listen to black people. And so I grabbed a shit ton of black conservatives and what about them? What about them? What about them? What about them? them? I'm using that cognitive dissonance to make these dumb white motherfuckers open their fucking ears. Okay. Besides the fact that I'm not fucking white. Okay. And yet other, the only people who have ever called me a Nazi are (laughs) white boys. So fucking prize. And so I'm trying to use that same thing with, um, what, what kept my foot in the door with this woman to have this conversation about abortion is the fact that I've had so many pro life women on my show. You know what I mean? Because they're like, if you don't have a vagina, you don't go. I'm like, what about them? What about them? What about them? Yeah. And so, and so to have that conversation, she did in that conversation, she did uh, 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 capitulate and say like, I believe in pro life, but she said, but I think it's one of, if, if a woman needs an abortion, it's a heavy, scary, fucked up, horrible decision to make i'm like ah now i didn't push but i could have pushed why why is it a difficult decision to make for a woman why is it a painful decision to make because it's a fucking baby motherfucker because it's a fucking separate life from your life just because as, as patrice used to say just because your body is the apartment building in which the baby is staying doesn't mean that you get to fucking kill it
2: yeah, I said that. I said that un, uh, unknowing of the Patrice quote on a podcast like 2 years ago I go, you know, landlords don't get to kill their tenants because they're an inconvenience to them, right? Like, yeah. you know, proximity doesn't remove and I always, you know, the one easy way to kind of defeat people on that subject is um you know, people often will go through that, the morality question of like, you know, well, is it right or wrong to take human life or whatever? To me, it's more of a constitutional question of, you know, what is the promise of America? Well, the, the main things that we set out to do when writing the constitution was to defend the things we talked about being essentially the essence of America in the Declaration of Independence, which is the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. In that order, Right. So if if you're an American and life is the first right that our system of government is supposed to promise you, then our entire system of government is a failure if life is not protected, particularly that of innocent life. So uh, I always attack it from that perspective of I don't give a fuck what they do in other countries. In this country, we have a pretty solid foundation of what makes us us. And that's the first thing. It's the first thing on the list. Right. And so that to me is always the argument. I don't give a fuck about people's morality. I don't give a fuck about what they think is right and wrong. You know, people, people can come up with all kinds of uh, justifications for their personal uh, morality, their personal mm-hmm. idea of, of um, you know, what's right and wrong and when human life matters or that type of thing. Right. I, I think right. our government already told us when it matters. Right. And so as long as that's our system, that's them, them's the rules, whether you like them or not. Whores. So enjoy your OnlyFans and take your fucking morning after medicine.
3: Right. And that's yeah, the thing too, is like the, it is it is complicated in the way of how would you like I, I tweeted uh, uh, a couple like we also have a to untrain.
2: You also have to untrain women for the last 50 years that it's just OK to kill for their convenience. I mean, that's basically what we've taught them.
3: Right. And the idea is. You know, I I tweeted about it. It's like uh, pro-life people, we don't, and most of us anyway, like I don't think, like I agree that forcing a woman to keep a baby is pretty fucked up. I agree that's a fucking, or well, that's a fucked up thing. I just think that murdering a child and selling its body parts is more fucked up. Yeah. That's all. I put it on the scale and I say, which one's more fucked up? Uh, And by the way, which one's more permanent? It's probably the the baby murder. You know well, I mean? the
2: concern I have, too, is like in, in an effort to not victim blame, we've almost course corrected so far the other way. It goes back to what you're talking about, fat shaming, right. where it's like, do we not hold women personally responsible at all for their rapes under any circumstances? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, if you run into a pile of guys with their hard dicks out and you go, someone stuck me with one, you dumb bitch. That's kind of, That one's on you. You know what I mean? But it's like we're so far removed from any semblance of victim blaming that a woman could literally run into a field of hard dicks and people go, nobody, but that's not her fault though because those men shouldn't have been there hard like that. And they go, no, no, that's what a field of dicks is. It's a bunch of dudes laid out with hard dicks that look like you know amber waves of grain looks like a wheat field the wheat's much thicker it's harder and it's filled with jizz and if you run through that pussy first you might get knocked up and people go that's not her fault though that's not she's not allowed to just run through a field of dicks she can't just she can't frolic. Women can't frolic now. Okay, that's what twenty twenty three is. Women can't frolic through a field of
3: cocks. That's what I appreciate. <laughs> I was just in Austin, or I'm in Austin now. I moved here a couple months ago, and I and I uh, I was at the domain, um, and there was this fucking delicious broad walking around with her ass almost hanging out, and I and I I appreciated it. Me and the dude I was with, and another and a and a girl, we all appreciated the sight, right? And then I realized. What I like, why it felt different is that in San Francisco, same thing happens in New York ass cheeks all over the place. The difference is, and especially with white broads, there's this also in added, there's, there's that, there's that I'm going to show you my body. And then there's an added air of, but you better not look if I don't want you to, you know, yeah. that's, that's arrogant ladies. That's arrogant. And that's fucking mean. Okay. Cause the same animus, just because. Um, an ugly motherfucker on a bus right says hey baby you look good like ah well guess what the same thing <laughs> if Brad Pitt did it you wouldn't go ah you'd be like hmm yeah. you don't You don't even try to understand, try girls to understand that that animus is just the same in in Brad Pitt as it is in the ugly homeless guy.
2: Yeah. And that's why that's why a guy like Leo will never be me, too. Like Leo could literally beat a woman to death with his hog and they just be like, you know, what a lucky gal. There's, what still some
4: lucky,
3: women, I, there's still some black women who are like, ooh, Chris Brown, he could beat the shit out of me any day. But, oh, all you know. the
2: time. Mm-hmm. All the time. There's no... Back when I used to ride, share, drive, I, a couple times late at night, I drove people hmm. to Chris Brown's house. Uh, and there were always women, and they were always bangable. And by the way, uh, I drove uh, two times Chris Brown's house when I had a black car. So I was driving like you know, higher tier rides. And I, I used to joke when I had that, when I was doing that for like a year and a half that I was basically pussy delivery. I was like Uber eats, but for pussy, Uh, because if you drive a black car in LA after the hours of 10 PM, like I would drive from 10 to like four in the morning to do over late night airport runs, overnight airport runs or whatever, when other limo services weren't running as many cars, um, you could make more money that way. And I was just pussy delivery for every rapper and B list celebrity in LA. So I got to see a lot of these dudes, cars and stuff or houses and, and cars and mansions and everything and the shit right. that they had. Right. And uh, yeah, no shortage of a fresh pussy going to Chris Brown's house. No um, at all, by the way. And they, you know, they weren't like the busted last ones on the block who were just like, I'm the only one who's still Okay. You know, with, with what he did with Rihanna, they're all fine with it. As long as you have enough money to change their comfort and their standard of living, they will look past anything. Right. They'll look past anything. They don't give a shit. Uh, that's the beauty that and in a weird way to me, that's the beauty of Los Angeles. Like I like that. it's. I thought thought
3: you were going to say that was the beauty of women. There is an, there is an end, even a small, there's varying shades. There is an aspect of that when it comes to women and how, uh, as Patricia said, how purely they love, they love differently than we do. You know what I mean? We're more kind of shallow. We're more, you know, uh, we're more like uh, logic, pragmatic. Blah blah blah. They're more emotion. Once 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 you hook their heart, they're like they're willing to put up with some some shit. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly. My boy Gray goes, Josh, you're giving away free ideas. <laughs> Gray's also a very good looking musician here in L. A. He's probably like, stop, don't read the fucking playbook out on on stream. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's enough for everybody, Don't, uh, worry. Don't worry.
2: No, there's. Yeah, there's. There's no shortage in Los Angeles. So they, literally, I feel like
3: they get off the bus and they're like, "Open up that Raya." LA uh, is the absolute worst place in the fucking world. Like, like, like. I understand you live there, right? Well, you live in yeah, Burbank. Yeah. Okay, got. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I live in Burbank, so, not so, not LA proper, but. It, uh, but like, still, it, it it's it's. It, I've heard good things about certain areas. Someone said Santa Monica is not horrendous, or is, uh, uh, let me. It depends it.
2: on what your definition of horrendous. Okay, is, here's right? my
3: definition of horrendous. Yeah. plastic plastic yes. and full of shit and plastic and full of shit and self-important if red hot chili peppers make one more fucking song about california i'm um, i swear to god i'll beat him to death uh, that's you know, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong like i get it you really like california again with the insecurity thing right if somebody if somebody uh, uh you know if somebody you know um um shit like when I make fun of being, myself of being bald, it doesn't bother me because I enjoy being bald. And so the, yeah. the, with my fans and my followers, we all make fun of like, you know, bald people will rise again. You know, like, you know, don't make fun, you know, follically challenged your, you know, bald shaming shit like that, right? But it doesn't really actually bother me. I don't need to overcompensate. Red Hot right. Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, especially them, although they're another horrendous people. Like if you constantly are talking about LA is such a mixing pot, rah, 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 bitch, Omaha as a mixing pot at this point it's 2022 okay well that's what tacos so f- are not that fucking good
2: <laughs> no i first of all i've i w- one of the most controversial takes i had when i was a food network host was that los angeles has the most overrated food scene in all of america uh it's garbage they, it's just everything is fusion tacos look we made a we made a chicken and watermelon taco it's like <laughs> fuck you okay <laughs> and nobody cares yes of course it's in compton right Uh, That's like a big thing now. Vegan restaurants in Compton, that'll fix it. Yeah, they still hand out. They still give out guns at the end of every meal. That's maybe a bigger problem, but. But, you know, they talk about L.A. being a melting pot, but it's so segregated. It's like a it's like a prison lunch tray in that everything is divided. So people go, it's a melting pot. It's like, yeah, but none of the food is touching because all of the culture is south of the 10 and east of the 405 and nobody fucking white goes to those places. You know what I mean? And so it's like. Uh, they talk about it being a melting pot and that it's great and everything else. And it's just from behind their glass. So I'll tell you like the LA that I love, I like the cultured parts of LA. I like Boyle Heights. I like East LA. I like South central. They're real fucking places with real people. I don't like Brentwood. I don't like the Vat. Like I don't like places where white people just pretend that they're living in a city. Uh, right. And it's like, you know, even where I live in Burbank, there's a lot of culture here. Like we're you know, we're basically sandwiched between heavy Latinos to the north and a shit ton of Armenians directly to the east. And then. Yeah. And then and then uh, and then it's like all of the pretentious Los Feliz hippie douchebags are directly to my south. But our neighbor, even like our building, our building is like super diverse, Latino, black um, you know, Middle Eastern, what it's we got a little bit of everything in our building. So it's like, you know, this this idea that the, the people generally that talk about how much LA is a melting pot live far away from the parts of the pot where shit actually melts together. And
3: so, that's and that's one of my main things I always go back to. I I, I mention that when it comes to Trevor Noah. Like the only people keeping Trevor Noah and The Daily Show alive are Jews in the Upper West Side and Beverly Hills. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. As much as Trevor Noah wants to talk about how uh, uh, apartheid, apartheid, as much as as much as the, 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 the Jews. Sorry, it is what it is. And the Jews and the whites on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and Beverly Hills want to talk about diversity, want to talk about melting pot. They are surrounded only by whites, white, rich white motherfuckers, the liberals want black people in their philanthropy and in their art they do not want them in their streets they want them working at starbucks and that's oh see i have a black friend he serves me a latte like they follow a black motherfucker on instagram they don't actually like the actual everyday experience of a real motherfucker who doesn't have white skin it's just an yeah. actual reality
2: I- I don't want to spoil this bit uh, on on the pod, but anybody who comes to these shows for the rest of the year are going to see this bit. But I basically do a bit where I talk about the fact that uh, uh, I don't like the current model of black people. I miss the old version, (laughs) Uh, but I don't use those words exactly. And it's kind of like a twist on, you remember the old classic Chris rock bit yeah, where he favors one, but hates the other. Well, I actually favor the one that he hated. I uh, and so, and I, and listen, I, I'm not going to get kicked off YouTube right now, but in the fucking act in the standup bit, I go all the way for it using the language and everything. So it's <laughs> like, uh, it's, and we'll see how it plays. Like it's a pretty new bit. I haven't done it on stage yet, but I'm kind of excited, but it is the truth. It's just like every black person, uh, I grew up with, um, embraced being black, embraced their own culture And that was what made them cool. And there's this like weird kind of new upper middle class LA, New York, black person whose whole identity is we're just as good at being white as white people. And it's like, ew, dude, that's not uh, like equality was that your culture didn't make you a second class citizen. Equality is not you adopting our culture and going to, like, fucking Stanford and coming back and being like, look, we assimilated. Like, what are you, a Stepford wife? Like, keep your own Culture, be proud of the things that make you different from us. That was what was fucking cool. And now, like I had this guy, Bertrand Cooper, on my podcast a while back, and he wrote this whole thing about the problem with the diversity push in Hollywood is that it's not actual diversity. It's just black people who went to Stanford and Harvard and Yale and all these other places who have been. Uh, part of upper middle class, wealthy black families for two, three generations now.
3: And then there's it's almost like further tokenism. You're not getting any tokenism. Right. It's further tokenism. And it's it's the same thing that actually old version, the old version of black people used to they used to complain about this shit. And I would kind of I mean, I wasn't really plugged in enough to politics at the time. But those of us like on the right or whatever, we would kind of roll our eyes. Right. But it's safe. Black people. Yeah, See, they're intimidated by a real ass Lamar, <laughs> a fucking, a fucking Compton ass Lamar walking in their Starbucks. Oh, my God. He's going to fuck my wife. I'll jerk off. But he's I'm gonna, he's going to fuck my wife and he's going to take right. my money. He's going to make me feel emasculated. And so I, 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 I don't feel comfortable. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give these I'm going to give these black people or really is white people with black skin. Right. Painted fucking whatever. I'm going to give them a job so I can feel good. I can tell the investors I'm all good. I can tell the advertisers we're all good. We have enough minorities. We check the box. Money, please. Power, please. Clout, please. Right. And and it's the same thing as Trevor Noah. Do you think anybody black?
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW avoid, or void by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Watches blackish? Never,
3: never, <laughs> never. No black motherfucker watches black. Uh, no, 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 no. I Anthony think, Anderson I, no, I is think... one of the most faggy motherfuckers in the <laughs> fucking world. Anybody, anybody who could, like, he's on the Emmys and he bitches out Jimmy Kimmel. He makes Jimmy Kimmel, who's already a bitch, look like even more of a bitch. Say it louder, Jimmy. Black lives matter. It's the most cringe shit. Oh, that yeah, that clip was super them. cringe. Both yeah. of them were tap dancing. Nobody gives a shit about Anthony Anderson except for the people who are on Blackish. Okay, yeah. fuck Anthony Anderson in his faggy fucking mouth. Okay, <laughs> and 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 I'm not saying that bl- the real black people. I don't want to be Joe Biden and say real black people all believe a certain thing or think a certain thing but i'm saying yeah, certainly. there was an element to the truth to the reality of being fucking cool of not being cringe of being, do you think anybody at do you think wears a dashiki regularly is fun at the cookout no no <laughs> he was to talk about black power like we're trying to get laid and eat ribs bro what the fuck are you doing you know you're smelling up the vibe
2: yeah it's a very um you know it's it's like uh it's like a um it's almost like it's like merit badge whiteness. Does that make sense? Where it's like, yeah. if you do, if as a black person, you do this, 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 and this, yeah. you get your white people merit badge, and then you can come do white people things. And I, so it's like, I look at that and I look at that as like even more racist. Cause it's like, no, 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 they, they shouldn't have to be us to be part of the shit that we do. They should right. get to still be them and be part of the shit that everybody does. But it's this weird sort of like, You know, I talked with Tanya fear about this on two episodes ago where she was just like, you know, one of the conflicting things for her as an actress, a mixed actress in the UK is that, you know, number one, the cool thing is there's a ton more opportunities now for women who look like her. Mm -hmm. The bad thing is they want her to spout this narrative that she's oppressed and that she'll never not be oppressed and that it's always going to be a fight for her or whatever. Right. And she just doesn't want to lie to pe- the general public that way. And she quit acting because of it. She's like, I'm not going to do these projects where I do press and tell people that I come from squalor and that I'll never escape racism because I don't, that's not my lived experience. And that's what's so shitty is that we've gotten to this sort of race by, you know, race paint by numbers where the 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 degree of blackness someone has physically is all that you need to know to assign a story to them. Mm-hmm. And that that to me, that takes all the magic and beauty out of actually getting to know people. Like, I shouldn't be able to go, well, you, you know, I, I shouldn't look at somebody like Trevor Noah and go, based off of, you know, let me pull out my swatches. Based off of the shade of mocha you are, this is exactly your experience. And, and you shouldn't just look at white people and go, uh, based off of the way you look, this is your experience. Because you you don't know what somebody actually is. For the most part, you don't know what somebody has experienced or gone through. And there are, you know, listen, man, there are women who look like Hollywood tens that are like six foot tall, Swedish blonde chicks or whatever. And then you find out that they grew up in like Eastern Europe, abject poverty. They've been addicted to heroin. They've been human trafficked. And it's like, so so should Issa Rae, who grew up upper middle class and went to Stanford, should, should she project the idea that she still has it worse than the Eastern European uh, crack whore because she's white and Issa's black? Like that kind of shit is insane. Or it's the upper insane. middle class
3: or the upper middle class American white girl whose father I, uh, who I know who's a teacher. I had her on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, if you ever want to look up conservatish anonymous San Francisco teacher, we talked about what happened. Uh, uh, lots of good stories in that episode. But one of the things she talked about is like uh, uh, she she grew up like her father had uh, uh, um, um, uh, mental health problems. Right. And she remembers like the cops taking her dad away in handcuffs when she's young. Like, is that not a traumatic thing? That's going to fuck like fuck up aspects of her personality for the rest of her. I mean, come on, why doesn't that get factored in? But no, just because she has white skin, like, please don't be myopic. And then also to that point, you were talking about uh, Trevor Noah and like looking at the swatches. The other thing is, even if it's his lived experience or black skin, you don't get my attention? Like entertainment is merit based is what I'm trying to say. Entertainment is yes. merit based. You have to be funny, right? Like even even fucking uh, Jerry Seinfeld said on some comedians in cars episode like because he's famous, they'll give him a, they'll give him a minute. They'll give him a few minutes of like, okay, this is Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, we're all happy to see him. We're happy he's here. This is a great, cool experience. But then after a couple of minutes, it's like, you got to be funny because you're on stage in a fucking comedy club, right? So the problem with Trevor Noah is just, guys, I grew up in a hard life. Give me money and attention now. I'm sorry. Richard Pryor <laughs> grew up in a fucking brothel, okay? his fucking Like he grew up in some bad shit. But that didn't make us go, well, we have to give him a special now. No, he was fucking funny and he didn't yeah. constantly harp on it and use his look. Look, I had trauma. Give me shit now. Look, I had trauma. Give me attention, approval, money, a comedy special. No, he earned it because he was funny, you know?
2: Yeah, Um. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but one of my more viral moments this year was me going back and forth with Trevor Noah. Um, (laughs) so I don't know if you remember this happened, but, uh, Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson did a thing about race and Trevor Noah did a bit about it on his, uh, thing. And then all of these articles came out, Trevor Noah (laughs) schools, Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan on what it's like to be black in America. And then I said, Trevor Noah has only lived in America as a millionaire. I know more about what it means to be black in America than (laughs) Trevor Noah. And as you can imagine, that did some numbers on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 6 million hits or something like Jesus. that on that tweet. Um, and then, you know, I, I, people go, he, I love this. He then proceeded to double, triple down on his insanity. And I said, if you think having black skin makes a millionaire incapable of receiving criticism, you're the racist. I, again, that's yeah. me being insane. Right. Um, and then I said, you still see him as just, uh, just another, oh, that's terrible. I spoke, I said it wrong. Just a other victim of being black. (laughs) I'm not the white supremacist you are. Um, but it's funny. People go, this guy's getting destroyed. I actually don't think I got ratioed on that. I think it had more likes by far than it did. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I think it clicked over. Yeah. It didn't open that in the same. Um, let me see if I can click into this actual tweet. Hmm. There we go. Uh, no, no, it got more. It did get ratio. <laughs> it did oh, I'm get not it. Uh, Oh, it's in a different tab. I got to switch yeah. the tabs here. I'll Come on, that. Josh. Get it together. You know, listen, man, I'm not, Jesus you know, I'm, I'm doing my best here. What do you want from me? Uh, let's see. Chrome tab. There we go. Here it is. Yeah, this did get ratioed thirty four hundred and seventy one quote tweets to twenty five hundred and eighty eight. Ah, dreads. Uh, but I think a lot of the quote tweets were actually um, were actually positive. And I'm not logged in here, so I can't see my analytics on this one. Meh. So anyway, um, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun to see you know, the responses that I got to that from a lot of people, but you know, generally the funny thing is, is the only people who I felt like were really mad at me on that were other black celebrities Mm -hmm. who are probably accustomed to being called out for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And white celebrities, there were a shit ton of black people in the comments like, yo, for real. And uh, let's not pretend this motherfucker is funny. And, and so I was trying to see if that article, I thought that article would show, he actually said something back to me. He said, Um, if saying the N word on Twitter makes you more black than me, then you definitely win. And I was like, yeah, here's the difference. It actually probably bothers people more when you say it than when I say it, (laughs) because when I say it, people know that I'm being hyperbolic and insane. When you say it, you're saying it because you think you can say it. And that actually doesn't even sound good. Like he had a bit where he he like built up and built up and built up to him saying the n word um in his special and it's more cringe than any fucking white dude saying the n word in their special ever that I've right. ever heard and right. it's just like and it's because he, you can tell even he's afraid to say it and it's right. like uh th- so if you're that kind of black dude who's self-censoring to that degree and tiptoeing to make sure you don't piss off your white uh, corporate marionettes then you you shouldn't you know you shouldn't be wading in the waters of culture to the degree that you pretend to you have a 27 right. million dollar vacation home in LA where you don't live okay so I don't think you're the guy to talk about everyday culture in America and people go you don't stop being black once you start being rich yeah but you stop being poor and you stop dealing with poor people shit and you stop dealing with everyday people shit when you become rich, no matter what color you are. like There is a difference to dealing with everyday struggle. And if you've never dealt with everyday struggle in America, then you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. And and people go, well, yeah, he's from South Africa. That's way worse. And yes, it is. But there's a difference in America. And, and I often will, will pivot a little bit here. But I actually think it's more to blame for school shootings than guns is that the open disparity of wealth in this country and the obvious envy that you can have in this country, uh, the easy envy that you can have in this country is why we have such violence and such mental health issues. Like there isn't, there isn't a monumental difference across the fucking street when you live in South Africa, when you live in Los Angeles, you can literally be on one side of Olympic and on the other side of Olympic and they can be millions of dollars apart in in their financial comparison. And so, and then not only that, but you couple social media right. like poor people can now remember the rich kid. Remember the rich kid who had a nice car when he got his license in high school that everybody hated? Right. You now have a device in your hand where you can see every fucking rich kid's nice car in America all over every day. Right. That is what makes people depressed. That is what makes people violent. That is what makes people that, you know, so that's more that's more of a problem with um, the mental health aspects of the socioeconomic disparity in this country then so you know, so it's not about like uh, social media algorithms or anything like that. It's just the nature of what it is. You, you shouldn't be able to peer into the lives of people in a different socioeconomic bubble than you. Yeah, it's unhealthy. It's right. unhealthy. It would right. be like being invited to a rich person's barbecue and being kept in a cage. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure Trevor Noah has experience with because he comes from South Africa. But that's what (laughs) living in America as a poor person is, is like literally living in a cage and watching rich people dance and play around you and do whatever the fuck they want. And so, no, you don't know what it's like to be poor in America or to struggle in America. You
3: fucking bitch. And what's uh, beautiful diatribes are beautiful. <laughs> Very good point. I also, what, what brought, what, what popped in my head is not just the problem with him self-censoring because of the white marionettes who have, who have him by the, haven't by the butthole, but also he self centers he self centers because he wants to make sure it's an important thing. This is important. Listen, I, <laughs> some some of my show i do think is important absolutely but where the rubber meets the road I, I i think conversation is more important i try to listen to motherfuckers i don't i don't suck my own dick with what i do you know what i mean i want to entertain motherfuckers i want to make, make people think Want make people laugh and if if this person trevor noah has a comedy quote-unquote comedy i mean it's on comedy central right this is why I think John Stewart, even though I disagree with a lot, disagree with a lot of what he, you know, says. Sometimes he put message, or he didn't put message above comedy. He put comedy above message. Trevor yeah. Noah does the opposite. He he prioritizes message above comedy or art. And anytime you do that, it cheapens both. Number one and number two, people in tr- just naturally energetically don't want to fucking listen to you because you're didactic. You're 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 you're. Giving it's also a condescending. condescending. condescending condescending, right you're giving a fucking lecture instead of making me laugh you're on comedy central trevor okay you're not a funny person number one i've never i mean did you ever watch uh, a son of priscilla or some bullshit like with again uh, uh, you know uh, born a crime look at my look did you guys know did you guys know i had a hard time did you guys guys black people are sometimes have a hard to guys like that gets boring boring intellectually boring non-stimulating didactic shit that's why nobody black watches that fucking show well if, what's in if what's interesting gonna be, is if you're good if trevor noah and jimmy kimmel and all these cocksuckers are gonna be white only watchers then at least don't tell me it's the same thing like i said about about flying american and having them be like we cleaned really extra even though it's the opposite just tell me you fucking hate me just be honest don't say you're a you speak for fucking black people if Zero fucking black people watch your shit fuck show. Well, what's
2: interesting is he kind of came to America on the back of this. uh, He did a special in South Africa. A lot of people don't know this, but he was like a DJ in South Africa and Mm -hmm. like had a massive following from that uh, and was like had done a little bit of comedy, but he was touring and doing the university circuit and everything else. But essentially, the back he rode into America on was his point of view as a comedian when he when he was first getting big about ten years ago was I'm gonna tell the West that racism the racism they're bitching about is nonsense because Mm -hmm. i grew up through apartheid and i dealt with real racism and here's all the real here's all the ways that you what you call as racist is stupid and gay and that was his point of view in the beginning which was what made him very appealing to a lot of people was because he wasn't really right wing but he was sort of like challenging this liberal push and then what happened was they said wait a minute you're the right shade of black to be our messenger Of Hold on a minute. The racism in America is actually bad and prevalent and everywhere and and on every doorstep. And so without question, he just pivoted Mm -hmm. and took the bag and then started Mm -hmm. spouting this narrative of, oh, yeah, even though I came from squalor in South Africa, America's got its problems, too. And there's nothing I hate more than these comedians who are from other countries like him and John Oliver who come here and literally make a living talking shit about how bad America is. It's right. like that to me is fucking. It's like everything I hate about media and the internet and everything else is that like literally shitting on things is what gets all of the eyes and the viewership and the attention is just negativity right. and so much so that we'll give somebody a hundred million dollars to come from another country and tell us how fucking bad we are and not even in a funnier, entertaining way like right. I would love it if he just like if it was if the Daily Show was just Trevor Noah watching like two gay guys suck uh, monkey pox out of each other's assholes, <laughs> and he was just like, "What a fucking country!" That would be fine. That would right. be entertaining and hilarious. Like right. you know, like right. you're at this, you're on safari and you're peering out over the bus, but it's like. But to talk about talk about the systems, how America is oppressive when you are the beneficiary of those systems is just so fucking tone deaf. And the fact that you would do it as a black person, to me, is fucking traitorous
3: to your race. And and it's similar It's exactly what Patrice to say: golden handcuffs, golden handcuffs. Okay, we're going to give you all this good shit, but you owe, you know, you owe. We're going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, remember when we gave you all that shit? Or remember when we took a picture of you with a fucking girl who may, may not have been 18 member? You owe now. Okay. So now you have to tap dance, literally. Now you have to tap dance for us now. And if you don't want to, and this is, this is the thing about self preservation. More motherfuckers, men, men, Need to man up and be willing to be Kaiser. So say at a certain point need to be willing to go, you know what? Oh, you're threatening me. You're threatening my family. How about I kill them? Now what faggot? You ain't got my fucking boss. Okay. David Letterman did that shit. Like someone came to his door and like tried to blackmail him. Oh, I'm going to come out with all the fact that you've been fucking all these girls who are on this, who aren't your wife. And he's like, okay, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to come out and say, hey, everybody in the, in the public sphere, I've been fucking women who aren't my wife. You don't fucking own me oh, and by the way, now you, you now you owe because I'm going to fucking sue you for black. Like, this is what I'm saying. More men need to man the fuck up and be willing to take care of themselves enough to not be bought. The problem is, is that uh, it's, and again, it's not just the fact that, oh, I grew up in squalor and so now I'm willing to sell my ass. No, there's something else at work here. And um, I don't know. I, he's one of the worst people in the fucking world. I, I, and I just wish...
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Well, maybe not one of the worst. He's up there, though. And at the very and, least, and far, as far as, as the, in the entertainment sphere, I think it,
2: I think he's the poster child for what the worst part of entertainment is, which is like this fake correction. Yeah. It's like this. Yeah. It's, it's false correction of the problem right. of Hollywood. Right. And it's and and, the, and what's annoying is that enough people are falling for it. You know, it's kind of like what's what's startling to me is like, you know, and I, I try to do a very good job of staying out of the right wing echo chamber because it's very easy to get nestled into that yep. fucking world. Oof. And then you end up starting a goddamn cult and living in the middle of fucking Montana or some shit, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's like, you talking the- about Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about Gavin's nemesis. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, heard right. about this guy. I can't. Remember yeah, yeah. Guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Owen oh, Benjamin. Yeah. Oh, okay. but it's okay. like, but you know, it's funny. Is like that. That was a dude who was deeply entrenched in Hollywood, and then ran so far the other way that it's like now I feel like you're the rea- the middle that is reality. You're so right. fucking removed from. Like you can't right. go get so dug in on the right or or even on being contrarian that you think that everything is inherently evil and everything is satanic and everything is like Mm -hmm. conspiratorial. And it's like Mm -hmm. some shit just is man. And and the biggest thing about me that I think was like spiritually transcendent uh, at a certain point in my adulthood was I stopped caring about what the meaning of life is like I and I stopped Mm -hmm caring about the purpose of like why we're here or asking that sort of religious question. It was sort of like, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's something outside of this existence that we experience now. Right. And I don't need to know what that is to be at peace with it. Right. Right. And so like for me, that's not, it's not like religious in nature, but I, you let a lot of shit go when you don't necessarily feel like everything you do is part of some sort of Holy crusade. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the dangerous part that a lot of people that are on our side politically, they fall into where they just swing so far the other direction that they're unwilling to understand that a lot of the stuff you see is coincidental or nothingness or meaningless or not without purpose. It's not everything is not intelligently designed to be the the
3: opposition of you. Does that make sense? it does it's similar to that black pill thing where it's just yeah. like even even the false flag is a false flag. like it broke, calm <laughs> bro yeah bro <laughs> you know but i talked about this also i talk about it sometimes i mean that's why the the whole point of my fucking show is conservatish right um uh in the name of the show it's like because i started i was like okay not only it, like can't i like gays and guns you know to get, where's my fucking spiritual home now at the same time even even at the beginning i realized that most of the conservatives i knew are fucking fine with gay people but there yeah. are some motherfuckers who go who overcorrect so far they say look at this gay agenda no most people they most gays aren't down with the groomer fucking shit they're just sure, absolutely yeah. goddamn not but here's the other thing if we're going to be effective, i also don't changers, even
2: I, I also don't even look at that gay agenda thing by the way as like they want to necessarily corrupt the youth and make them gay. I think if there is a gay agenda, it's as simple as this. (laughs) Gay lifestyles are non-reproductive lifestyles. And if you're somebody who has a lot of wealth and influence in this country, you want to limit the population. More people means your wealth means less. It has less power and less influence. So I think it's as simple as that. It's not like they want everyone sucking cock in the streets. It's literally like, well, if we're going to promote any lifestyle, how about we promote ones that are non-reproductive so that we can control the population? And if that doesn't work, we'll release a super virus and we'll kill off all the olds. <laughs> I the think olds it's and the best. Yes, the old's and the fat. By the way, uh, you missed one motherfucker. I had it four nah. times. You can't kill me. Uh, if COVID wants to take me out, it's going to need to find its way into a lasagna. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think I think if we're going to be effective leaders, if we're going to be effective changers, you have to know your enemy. You have to know your enemy and being overly simplifying it as like they hate America. Oh, shut the fuck up, dude. You're missing the fucking point. Most of the people, again, not the not the lizards at the top, but most of the useful useful idiots uh, in the middle are main problems are doing it out of wanting to be good out of doing yeah. it not of wanting to hurt anyone's feelings, not to take away any woman's rights. Right. They think they have good intentions. You're never going to reach those people if you club them with you. Don't, you just hate America. If you support Joe Biden, you like pedophilia like, bro, 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 like, relax. I have actually reached these motherfuckers. Not only not only because they know me personally and they know I'm not a piece of shit, even though I voted for Trump in 2020, they know I'm not a piece of shit. And that that somehow leaves a little foot in the door so they can't send me to the gulag without a second thought. OK, yeah. that's number one. And number two, if I if uh, like as an example, I had fucked in this Salvadorian friend of mine from the Bay Area sent me a message in uh, 2020. It was like, "Actually, you having all those black guys on conservatish, those black conservatives in the summer made me change my mind, and I voted for Dr- Donald Trump in 2020 because of that." So again, there are many different tools at our disposal, but if we're going to be fucking lazy, intellectually lazy, and just say, "Oh, you hate America, you like pedophilia, you like you're not going to change any fucking minds, and it's and it's and it's not even an accurate diagnosis of the fucking problem, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree with you too. I think it's um. You know I, I think it's I think what what both sides love to do is sort of like reduce uh their opposition down to like the lowest denominator right, right. and they just go like well, everyone on the right is like toothless rednecks and everyone on the right. left are like you know upper class yuppies, but I think you're right i think I think ninety percent of the people in the middle like and they could be left or right or center or whatever they're people that just don't want to. The, their only interaction with any of this stuff is like wanting to be nice and not hurt people's feelings. And I think that's so many of the people on the left of like they just want to do the nice thing. They don't have to. And I also think in a lot of cases they're privileged. The economic. Those people, if you think about it.
3: Oh, you cut out a little bit.
2: Uh Oh, all right. Are you there? there you are. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We had a, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a internet drop there, I think. But okay. anyway, I, I, mo- I think most people are just, um, you know, they're trying to live their life in a way that's like past the path of least resistance. Yeah. You know, and they, they just, they want to be nice. They don't want to disrupt things. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh, look at this. We right. lost it again. No, I'm here. Oh, okay. No, you're frozen on my end. Oh, dear. Yeah. Now I can see it. You. Now you're good. Okay. Fantastic. Now you're back. Um, but yeah, so they're just, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, and then I think what they're realizing is that that niceness is now being taken advantage of by their own political side for mm-hmm. their motivations and gains and so i think like part of the problem like part of the way the right fixes this is they have to be willing to let the left go our bad we didn't know they were going to try to do all this shit on top of our niceness and and because if the right rejects them they'll double down and they'll pretend that the evil shit is good shit yep and that's what a lot of them are doing Right. Is there now they're so it's almost like how some people got pot committed with Trump to when Trump did stupid shit, they couldn't go. Well, that's fucking retarded. Uh, right. They had to support him. And then now we've done that to people on the left where when Joe Biden goes in front of the country and calls the other half of the country enemies of the state and they go, no, no, he's just talking about, you know, saving democracy. And you go like, right. no, no, right. he's laying the groundwork so that when they get their asses kicked at the midterms, he can tell you that they're stealing it. They're stealing it. And mm. that they're not going to honor
3: those election results.
2: And it's not, it's going to be to protect democracy,
3: not to right. end it. Right, 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 right. And I think, and I think the more, whether it be therapy, spirituality, self-care, crystals, whatever the fucking shit you do to take care of yourself. When I, all the work I've done on myself, I now know humans better, right? I now know humans better. And if you understand humanity, you can reach more humans. The fulcrum of them doing that shit is ego? It's fear. We all—if—if if you've never been fucking petrified, or uh, you know, uh, have dealt with shame around your body or whatever—you can't fucking understand the feelings going behind that shit. Like you said, it's—it's it's like we need to allow them. We need to see them as humans in order to fucking reach them. Right now, again, many of them you can't reach. Many of them are fucking lizard cocksuckers. Hi, Mark Ruffalo. Hi, Jimmy Kimmel. White pieces <laughs> of shit. Eat fucking <laughs> eat all of my Puerto Rican dick. I almost said the N word, but I would never do that sort of thing on your show in order to get you kicked off. Um, come to conservative everybody. Or maybe you can say uh-huh. it on the do you say it on your on your recorded? Yeah, well, I say well, I first of all, I say it whenever I want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, yeah,
2: try yeah. not to wear it out. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, 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 right. I think I said it on I think I said it on uh, Mikey's show. Yeah. But I try, I try not to say it on other people's show. And I also try to I try to like, you know. I, I don't want it to lose its magic when I drop it, right? That's true. Um, That's true. I, yeah, I try to I try to use it sparingly. It's like arrows right. in a quiver, you know. Right. I don't if I just be blasting them everywhere. I got to go pick all those arrows up all the time. And right. you don't want to be that white guy who's walking through the yard looking for all of his
3: ends. Like ah, I think I threw one over here. I think I threw one at this family earlier. I think it landed. Maybe most the of economy. the time. Most of the time, when I say it, I'm ranting about white motherfuckers. Oh, That's I really know what it is. Um, is shit fuck. Dum dums like Mark Ruffalo and and Jimmy Kimmel. So anyway, to understand, I wish I could say well,
2: I wish I could say when I use it, I'm not often talking about black people, but I usually <laughs> I'm talking about black people. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. And it's but it's usually in a it, usually it's in a way that it's like you're disappointing me. Like it's yeah. not it's not yeah. in like a racist like de- de- dehumanizing way. It's sort right. of just like a ah uh, come on, you know what I mean? It's like. And, and You know, and, like when Nick Cannon's got three kids on the way from different oh, women, I definitely said it. in respect. When my girlfriend showed me that article, I'm pretty sure it came out then. I was just
1: like,
3: <laughs> well, it's it, it's similar to that uh, Colin Quinn. I think we actually mentioned it. Maybe I mentioned it last time, by the way, just as a side note. I'll never it's like an Colin exhale Penn. for
2: me a lot of the time. Exactly. It's a sigh. <laughs> oh, my but God. Yeah. Is
3: that what that movie Waiting to Exhale is about? Waiting to say the N word. It's, yeah, just, it's it just white guys
2: going. Come on. Yeah.
3: And they just are, coming soon. Right. But uh, uh, Colin, even though I'm not going to give him any of my money or attention ever again, because he performed at places that required vaccines. Um, uh, he made a great point in uh, uh, the coloring book. Uh, and he said, you know, when he was growing up in the seventies in, in, uh, in Brooklyn, Black guys would say it to white guys, white guys would say it to black guys, white guys would say it to each other, Mexicans would say it to the Puerto Ricans, blah, blah, blah. It didn't have whatever. But but even if a white guy said it to a black guy in anger, even that wasn't racist, it didn't denote racism, because, again, I always go to this idea if I get in a car accident with a motherfucker who cuts me off and we get out and we're yelling at each other and we're, it's getting heated and blah, 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 blah We're getting in each other's faces. on. Oh, we're going to, am I going to call him you stupid doo doo poop face? You're a jerk poop. I hate you. And you're dumb. And I don't like your face. No, I'm going to no. go for the big guns fi- f- word wise because I'm trying to hurt his feelings. Okay. Yes. You're, yes, you're going to context.
2: Yes. You're going to call him a gook and a chink because that's what he is because it's a traffic accident. <laughs>
3: And, and that's what happened. driving motherfucker but uh, like this is what i'm saying I w- i'm gonna go for the big guns and that I'm, sorry, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's totally racist. wrong for me
2: to say that totally wrong for me to say that you're gonna call
3: her a gook or a chink oh. because it's a traffic accident and that's what she is right uh, actually yeah. one time one time uh, a friend of mine she said uh, her asian manager was like of course i drive worse I, my eyes are smaller I can't yeah. see all
2: oh, it makes it makes sense they don't have sense. a peripheral vision. It I also think sense. that's why they're more studious. They have
3: nowhere to look but forward. <laughs> <laughs> what explains the dog, do you think? Yeah. That's uh, that, they eat, that they eat dogs. Maybe yeah. they think it's like a a steak or something because No,
2: no, no. Food. Well, I don't know. I just I think it's just like, you know, they probably ate enough humans over the centuries There's just like anything other than human to be honest um is fine at this point. That's why that's why I think it's like, uh, that's one thing I liked about the show Fresh Off the Boat, but I never felt like it went far enough where uh, where there, there would be these things. I'm like, what do you mean you're gay? You're not gay, no straight. You you study. You have a school. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you are a student. That's what you identify as. You student. That's why they're killing us in everything, by the way, is because our kids are going, I am I'm queer and non-binary, and their kids are like, I'm a student until I'm a doctor. And then... And then we wonder why they're kicking our ass and everything. Yep. You know, gay, you student. That's why you identify. Uh, And it's okay for me to do the voice because I'm not also doing the eyes. You can do one, but not both. You see what I mean? You
3: can go. Ah. have Have you met Mark Hughes? No, I don't think from so. Canada? Fucking hilarious motherfucker. He's a friend of mine. Love him to death. He's been on uh, In Hot Water as well. Um, um, But like he, he, <laughs> we always talk about how the N-word is the most fun word to say. The f- most fun, Not, but Asians are the most fun to make fun of. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's, it's, it's Oh so my God. Yours much... is
2: fantastic. Well, you know what it is? You know what it, <laughs> is is, it is? Puerto Ricans have almond Dice? eyes. Yes. Puerto Ricans have the ability to go Filipino almost immediately. <laughs> Like you have a you can literally squint your way into being Okinawan.
3: Absolutely. I actually used to have a Fu Manchu for a little Did while. Did you? Oh, yes. that had to be wonderful. It was it was dishonorable.
2: If you still had that, I would send you a kimono to Thank wear you. for your podcast. I think we have uh, I should plug this before we get into the after show. But um people should go tomorrow morning. Uh, it will be our first live uh, Big Uglies over on Censored TV. People can check that out. Uh, Big Uglies is my sports show. It's also the number one sports show in Japan. Uh, so people should come check that show out. I like how you said <laughs> that almost Japanese. It's also the number one. <laughs> number one sports show in Japan. Uh, number one sports show Uh oh. Japan. Uh, number one sport podcast, Japan. Uh, so yeah, they tune it. It's going to be, we're going to live stream that. That's only on sensor TV. So uh, people can go, if they're not already members of sensor TV, they can join up. Uh, I think it's 10 bucks a month and you get tons of shows over there. Uh, as well as big uglies, which will be every Monday now, and then we're going to have our mutual friend Gino Bisconte on next week after the Week One games in the NFL. So, Sweet. which is kind of shitty because I have to fucking hustle it back from Vegas to make it back in time to do our live show in the studio um, on Monday next week. But uh, before we get out of here to the bonus show, Peter, anything you want to plug? Uh, well, you know, we'll uh, we'll get geared up here, ready to go. But before we we jump out, tell people where they can find you.
3: Yeah, so my, my podcast is called Conservatish. Um, I have, uh, last week's episode was That Star Wars Girl. She's a friend of mine. Um, and this upcoming, well, I guess this'll be a week out. Um, so tomorrow's uh, Propaganda Fluent. Uh, we talk about, uh, she's a, a student of history and propaganda, and we talk about the details, um, especially the details of Joe Biden's speech and, uh, and how to change people's mind. It's a great episode. Um, so I've got new episodes every week, And then in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a new uh, cover song coming out. So that's going to be on my YouTube. Um, All my links, PeterFeliciano.com or Linktree. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at Peter underscore Feliciano. Uh, That's all. There you go. Uh, Guys, you can catch the full episode here
2: only on rockfin.com. Otherwise, uh, you can get all the bonus content, including the talking shit portion of the show, which is what we're about to jump into uh, over on my Gumroad. Go to joshdenny.gumroad.com. It's like Patreon, but for the canceled, we canceled few, right? And uh, people can come over there and you can pay whatever you want. You can pay a dollar a month. You can pay $10 a month. You can pay $2,000 a month uh, to get all of my content there ad free, including uh, my old TV show. You can check episodes of that out there as well. That's the only place you can get it since I am, uh, uh, what's the word? I've been disowned. I have been uh, regrettably platformed by my former employer, the Food Network. So, uh, you can catch the Pratt-form. yeah, platform. Yes, uh, I am. I am. If you they have the Iron Pratt-form. Chefs, I am a aluminum <laughs> <laughs> Uh I had to. They. I had to pack my knives and leave. Uh, oh. That's. They actually. That would have been nice, by the way, Food Network. If you would have just sent Padma out, she would have. Please pack your knives and go. Then I could have been like, all right, that's fine. Uh, At least the fact that you let me pack my knives and go and I can, like, you know, give the camera the middle finger on the way out. And then, you know, there's always there's always uh, last chance kitchen. (laughs) Anyway, guys, uh, come on over to the uh, come on over to Rockfin. You can watch the full episode or uh, you're going to have to wait a week. It's that simple.